0: To go outside Hello van fans welcome to another episode of VFF's van life podcast how are you doing it's such a beautiful sunny day as i'm recording this i am in a busy car park by the sea so you might hear some engines and things while i'm recording So, thank you to everyone that got in touch with me to let me know that you enjoyed the last episode. That was really nice. I was kind of proud of it too, because I think I'm getting better at the old podcasting malarkey. So, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I also would like to say I'm super excited about the future of this podcast as well, because I've got some amazing episodes coming up with some awesome guests, especially the next episode. I am really excited to release that one it's going to be so brilliant I spoke to some people that are literally living my dream life and it was so cool so um, please do tune in for that one I'm sure you'll really enjoy that as well if you would like to write to me about your van or if you have any stories or anything at all you can email vffspodcast at gmail.com that's vffspodcast at gmail.com so What has happened since I last sat down with the microphone? I had my MOT, which is a scary time in any van lifers world. So I called up my mechanic, I got it booked in. I spent that whole day just really worried basically of how much it was gonna cost. I kind of knew that she was gonna fail because when I bought the van, the people that I bought it from were pretty dodgy. Um, In hindsight and I wasn't a hundred percent sure that the MOT had been done properly for the last year So I was quite worried about it anyway I spent the whole day just waiting I got a phone call yes it had failed as I thought but it wasn't as bad as it could have been so that was really good in the end it only cost about 200 pounds to pass the retest which is fine to be honest I mean this is like a 1993 van so there is always a little voice in the back of my mind saying like you know this could be the last year (laughs) for this van so I'm really so relieved about that I was trying to tell myself that like I wouldn't mind if the van ended up you know failing and I couldn't afford to repair it or you know I had to sell it to get back the money that I used to repair it or something like that but actually I'm so pleased that it passed I love this van I love spending time in it anyway this is not news to you guys because uh you know how good it is as well to have a van but I'm just delighted anyway that she's still on the road <laughs> and um yeah so that was uh, kind of a scary experience but it's all done now so I'm really happy about that obviously we're all in lockdown not much is going on although I will say since I did my bonus feature of cold water swimming I've been swimming every week at least twice a week I'm really getting into it I'm Loving the feeling of cold water on my skin, and it's really keeping me on the straight and narrow. I do struggle with low mood sometimes, and just going in the sea twice a week totally changes everything for the rest of the week. I just feel so much more positive and energized, and sometimes it's like really scary. Like, I went in yesterday. It was the first time that I'd got in the water and had felt actually quite scared that I might not be able to get out again because of the temperature. The, the current was quite strong and that kind of freaked me out and I could feel my breathing starting to like become rapid. So I just really concentrated on breathing and relaxing and just made my way closer to the shore and just stayed in the shallows and kept breathing but that was quite a scary experience because it is so cold that you kind of need to be able to get out quickly when you feel the time has come to get out so yeah that was um it was good it was a really good lesson in how to stay calm in a stressful situation feeling quite excited about the future obviously things are looking really positive with the whole coronavirus situation I just cannot wait to like have a party or have a barbecue or you know all those kind of things and just get out in the van and like meet some more van lifers you know out in the wild yeah i feel like there's real positive times ahead and it's important to remember like this isn't forever and the good times are coming we just got to stay patient so this week's guest is nikki nikki has lived full-time in two small vans She finds that it fits perfectly with her love of the outdoors. We talk about her trips to Europe, cooking solutions in the van and her future travel plans. I could have spoken to Nikki all day, she had such a soothing voice. So I really hope that you enjoy hearing her talking about various different subjects around van life. Also there's a bonus feature this week which is awkward public interviews so i basically went around chatting to strangers outdoors and the whole thing was completely awkward and embarrassing but it's all i have for you this week (laughs) so i hope you enjoy it yeah that's it so without further ado here is the interview with nikki (laughs) hi nikki hi kat welcome to vffs thank you so much for coming on
1: no, it's nice to uh, talk to you
0: eventually <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a while hasn't it we've been emailing back and forth it's brilliant to talk to you finally okay let's start off with a bit of van chat so what van do you have
1: so i've currently got a fiat Doblo, and it's the maxi length which was really important to me when i got it because it's got two meters long behind the seats it's nice it means i've got a very long bed <laughs>
0: Wow, that's re. That is a lot of space, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And how long have you had that one for, Nikki?
1: I was gonna say a year, but haven't ever had it for two years now. Took some time away for it for about six months, so it feels only like a year. <laughs> Don't know why.
0: Especially but, after uh, this year yeah. as well. <laughs> it's like yeah. no one knows anymore. <laughs> the Fiat Doblo. That's um. It's quite a small van, isn't it? Kind of a. Would you c- class it as a micro camper?
1: Yeah, I guess it's sort of like you know. VW Caddy is the one that people sort of associate or the bilingual It's in that class of van. But it is. And I I really did my research for this because I'm not a small person. I'm five foot nine. And at the time I was dating somebody who was six foot five. (laughs) So it's the biggest van you can get in that class, which I was very happy about.
0: I have some friends and they're all quite short and they're so lucky because they can do the the widthways double bed and lay down in it fine and it's no problem. I'm really jealous. (laughs)
1: Yeah, me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't do that. And you were living in that full-time for a while, weren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've been living that full-time for probably about a year and a half in total. It's, yeah, it's it's nice. I quite like everything being close, actually. (laughs) One of the joys is I don't have to get out of bed in the morning to make breakfast, which is just nice.
0: What were you doing when you were full-timing in the fiat? Were you working or...?
1: Yeah, so I was actually, I was working uh, just a sort of standard nine to five job, Monday to Friday, which was quite nice. It made doing winter actually quite easy because I'd just, I'd get up in the morning and if it was cold, I just knew I had to get to work and then I could warm up. Come back in the evening, normally like cook dinner and then either sort of go out to the climbing wall or just go and see my mates at the pub or something like that, which was really nice. And then just like get back and straight into bed <laughs> in the evening.
0: When you went to the climbing wall, did you have access to like a shower and all that kind of thing as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's how I showered.
0: What was it like living in that small space then? How did you find it? What was your um, favourite thing about living in the van?
1: I really enjoyed it. I've always really liked small spaces, which might help. I'm definitely not one to feel claustrophobic. Favourite thing? I think it was just being able to get out really easily so because the space was so small I, I found like when I was living in a flat I had a tendency to just be like oh, take so much effort to get outside and do stuff whereas being in the van you're sort of you're often you're already there parked up in a really nice area so you've just got to sort of get yourself dressed I guess and step outside so that, that was really quite nice for me um, and it does help that I'm I mean I'm based in the English Lake District, so I, I've got a lot of really nice spots on my doorstep.
0: Oh, lovely. Yeah, I've never been, actually, to the Lake District.
1: Yeah, it's nice. Um, I, there's a lot of lakes, um, <laughs> a lot of mountains, obviously quite a lot of crags. <laughs> I mean, one of the nice things, maybe, about the lakes is because there's quite a few people who come up and do it, so, like, it's, it's sort of accepted in a lot of the car parks, but it's just really nice to stay in there was well there was one really good spot but unfortunately this year it did have um cameras put in it which is unfortunate um, but yeah so I, I mostly just well yeah i just spent my time wild camping around
0: um and did you do climbing like um out and about as well around the lake district
1: yeah yeah um which so the van made it easier because you could just sort of skip all the traffic and just sort of get there in the evening and- to be sort of parked at the car park at the ready, you know, at the point to set off for the crag, which is nice.
0: Oh, lovely. So what's it like climbing? I've never done it before.
1: Yeah, I, I really like it. Um, I think because I can sort of take it as slower, as fast as I want never very good like I've tried mountain biking and things like that and I just I just don't like the lack of control that you get from like hurtling down the hill um yeah so climbing is quite nice in that and it's really physical so it uses your whole body but then at the same time it also uses your head so I found it great as like a stress relief because you just can't worry about with this stuff when you're sort of clinging on to rock or plastic indoors sort of what feels like is if you're clinging on for your life but it's really not that's just I get quite scared (laughs) But it does also, like, I lived down south for a few years and it was only when I moved there that I realised actually it rains, like, massively here compared to anywhere else. Like, if you get through a week without it raining two out of three, like, two or three days, then it's amazing.
0: (laughs) Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so dampness is just, is, like, a constant battle in the van, um, especially without a heater.
0: Yeah, and how did you cope with the damp, with stuff like washing
1: Oh, so I just have to make sure that they were dried at the laundrette. So I just, I just don't have clothes now if they can't survive a dryer. That's, that's right.
0: <laughs> What did you find difficult about being in that space?
1: I think it is, like, when, when you get that, like, the few rainy weeks in summer, like August is often wall-to-wall, just rain. It's just, like, you can't open the doors to sort of freshen the van out or anything. And it gets to the point as well where like normally I'd just be fine, I could just go for a walk. But when you've then got to get back into the same space and your wet jacket and trousers have to dry out, that was it did make it quite hard. Um but then when it's sort of been sunny, it's just it's just amazing. Or even just dry. Just dry. Dry is good <laughs> weather here
0: yeah it's amazing isn't it, it
1: really miserable.
0: no not at all I mean it's such a challenge isn't it you know like you said you can't just open the door because the rain will just lash in and it's like oh that's just what I needed another puddle on the floor
1: yeah
0: you had a van before you had the Doblo as well didn't you I did yeah
1: my first van was a Citroen Nemo which I don't know it, so it's basically one smaller than the Bilingo. So it was really small, and it was professionally converted. I think, like, the company who'd done it maybe had rented it out, and then just they'd gone bust or something. But it, its its bed was, like, seven foot long, but it was only because it took up the passenger seat, which, like, oh. folded flat. So, yeah, but that was, that was really nice, because it was just, you know, it came set up, it had a leisure battery, it had a little sink and a tap in it, it had lights and everything, so I didn't need to worry about it, and I could just sort of, like I think I bought it and then the, the next night I was in it um which was really nice
0: were you living in that one as well
1: yeah so I've did full-time for um
0: about a year and a half in that? wow that's just amazing like I used to have a micro camper and um it just blows my mind to think of being full-time in that space it's like wow what what did your friends think um,
1: I think they thought I was a little bit mad. I did. So when I first moved into the van full time, I was sort of chatting to a few mates at work, and it got round to my boss, and then it, anyway, it got round to HR. So I ended up having this weird meeting where, like, HR called me in, and we like, "We just need to double check you're living in your van." I'm like, "Yes," I'm like, "And that's through choice." <laughs> like, yes, it's okay. You don't need to like have a talk about like finding housing I'm happy like this um but yeah it was it was nice it was just very weird um yeah
0: oh my goodness why did you make the decision to move into a van
1: so I'd had like I dated a guy who'd had a van and he used to like sleep in it every now and again if it was just easier to so I ended up leaving my job and ended up moving back in with my parents and I got a job but it was like a 50 mile round trip away so I quite like the idea of a van for, like, weekends away and stuff. I was just like, well, if I get it, then what I can do is just sort of drive to work, stay there for the three, four days I'm working, and then come back to my parents and it gives me some, some space and obviously saves some fuel. So I was like, great, I'll do that. And then just absolutely loved it. And, yeah, I <laughs> found it nicer staying in the van than at my parents, which is, like, nothing wrong with my parents, but I just quite like my own space, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's really cool, isn't it, how um, when you create that little space, it's just yours, and there's something so lovely about that. Like, it feels so secure.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, like, especially now with the Dobler, because I converted that one myself. It's just mine. I've rented a room for the winter this year with all the various lockdowns and things. And I've been here now two and a half months. And I'm actually really missing it. <laughs> I oh. just want to get back into my
0: own space. <laughs> what was it like when you got to your room, you know, the first few nights? Um, weird. I, I'm really bad at
1: sleeping in different beds. So it always takes me a while to settle oh, in. Oh, me
0: too. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why the van just appealed to me, the idea that I could go on holiday and still have my bed. <laughs> but no, it's been really nice. I share with a really nice guy. Um, I've got an access to a bath. And an oven, which I'm making the most of. But yeah, I, I do miss just not being, yeah, not having to get out of bed to uh, have a cup of tea.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about cooking. So you've got an oven now, and you're making the most of it. What did you use to cook when you were in your van?
1: So I just have um, a single gas hob. I basically discovered couscous from moving into the van, and I live off that when I'm in there. <laughs> yeah. So I can just boil the kettle. Once the kettle's boiled, I can then just up my veg um, and lentils and whatever so yeah I quite like it because it's just so simple but then I also I quite so that was the thing that I quite enjoyed so food I absolutely like food is a massive part of my life I'm one of the people who wake up in the morning and I'm thinking what I'm having for lunch and dinner like straight away (laughs) so I found it really interesting sort of dealing with not having a fridge and not having a proper cooker or anything in the van So I was able to find this, it's called a wonder bag. It's like a big insulated bag, basically. I I don't get commissioned, but I do, (laughs) I really like it. Um, It's basically just a fabric bag that has these pockets in it, which are stuffed full with wood pulp and then sewn up. Um, And it's like this grassroots project that started off in South Africa to reduce water consumption. Um, And you cook in a cast iron pot and then you put the cast iron pot in the bag. And it keeps it warm, um, so you can, like, make stews and stuff. um, Or it's great at rehydrating chickpeas and things like that and doing lentils. So um, I ended up doing that, which has been quite fun to sort of try out and figure out what things work in it and what things do not
0: Have you been on any trips around the UK in your van? Um,
1: I, I did do a few in the Nemo. So basically, I have also... So I managed to date two guys... Yeah, over the last few years. And they've both lived in vans themselves, but they've had transit vans. So they've always been significantly bigger. So it's always been really easy if we were going to go on a trip away that we'd just go in their van so they could stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I went up to Sky and did sort of a couple of weeks in Scotland, sort of winter mountaineering. Sky was not winter mountaineering. It was in February and it was very, very wet. The joys of going in February is I have heard that Sky can get really, really busy with fans, um, whereas we didn't really see another one,
0: which is quite nice. What was Sky like? I've, I was going to visit. I've actually tried to visit there twice, but both times I had unlucky things that meant I had to cancel the trip, unfortunately. But um, how did you find Sky, apart from rainy?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was spectacularly wet. Um, yeah, it was really lovely. I mean, the, the landscapes there are just so otherworldly yeah it was really nice um i was a bit disappointed that i wasn't able to get up into like the cullens at all um but i got to see like the old man of store and the fairy pools It was just really nice to explore a new place
0: what's the fairy pools
1: the fairy pools are it's just a stream that comes down from the cullen ridge and it just creates these lovely little pools and streams I, i basically just use pinterest to Um, (laughs) sort of find out where I was going to go on Sky and that was one thing that kept coming up.
0: Okay so today I'm telling you guys about Fetcher Chocolates. Fetcher Chocolates is an independent female-owned business that sells luxury handmade vegan chocolate. I've been eating vegan chocolate for years and nothing comes close to Fetcher chocolates. It tastes amazing and it looks beautiful. It really is the perfect gift for special occasions and something that everyone can enjoy. It's dairy, gluten, and soy free. So great for allergy sufferers, but also for anyone. I mean, this chocolate is so good. You don't have to be vegan to enjoy it. There are classic flavours such as Milk Chocolate Mousse and Golden Salted Caramel. I loved the Blackberry Mousse Bar with homemade Bramble Jelly and real blackberries. I'm definitely going to be getting that one again. It smelt incredible and it tasted so good. When I received my order, I was really impressed with the beautiful presentation. The colours are brown and black with a really classy gold logo and the packaging can all be recycled as paper, so no plastic in sight. Fetcher also plants trees to offset the packaging, so it's an eco-friendly choice as well. When I want to buy a friend a beautiful, delicious gift, I just go to FetcherChocolates.com and I get them a gorgeous gift that they will love. Fetcher Chocolates are offering listeners of this podcast 10% off with promo code VFF. Enter promo code VFF at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your order. Yep, that's 10% off. So go on, go to fetchachocolates.com and get that chocolate in your life. You will not regret it. What, can I ask, what is, what is winter mountaineering?
1: I, at its basic level it's just walking in thick snow um <laughs> but i did so sort of, i did some i guess scrambling in thick snow um <laughs> where like i needed to wear crampons so metal brackets on my feet with big spikes in them um, so that i could stick in the snow um and an ice axe as well
0: what that sounds amazing
1: yeah, it was good. I mean, I don't, I don't do anything crazy. I'm definitely not ice climbing, but yeah. So we did like the CMD erect, which is the main erect, like scramble up Ben Nevis. Um, so I did that, which is quite fun. Um,
0: oh, that sounds so cool! I'd love to do that. That sounds amazing. So, what do you do? Have you got like two axes, or
1: no, for that, and partially just so nobody can sort of convince me to go up anything harder i just (laughs) i just stick with one x is
0: this a this is probably something that's really well known and i just have never heard of it and i'm just like wow
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think it just comes part and parcel with climbing so like obviously in this country climbing is very much a a summer sport climbing in winter is generally ice climbing so that uses ice axe and crampons um and then last winter was the big trip where me and an ex went all the way down to Greece for climbing initially and then we drove back up through the Balkans um, and that was that was really fun. Um,
0: wow that's so cool. Yeah. What route did you take then on the way there?
1: So the route sort of developed as we were going but we ended up um, getting so we drove from Calais through Austria um, I had a couple of days in Austria and then ended up Sort of looking at the weather and going, oh, the weather looks terrible in the Balkans. So we went to Venice and got on a ferry, which was great. Like the ferry just picked us up in Venice and dropped us off in Greece. And we didn't have to go through any borders, didn't have to leave the EU. It was really smooth. And the ferry in Greece dropped us off at, oh, I'm probably going to say it wrong, Ignamentia.
2: Yeah, it's um, fine. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and then we
1: drove in Greece. We sort of drove down, heading for a major climbing destination called Leonidio, which is on the Peloponnese. Um, Ended up staying there for, like, a month and a half. And then we came back via Albania and then Montenegro, Croatia, Slovenia. Um, And then I ended up getting a train from... um, Milan, back to the UK, to come back. So yeah, it was it was a nice route.
0: Oh my goodness! And how was it? Did you were you like wild camping or? Yeah, we were wild
1: camping. Every now and again, I think we treat ourselves to maybe three nights on a campsite, just to sort of give the batteries a good charge. Um, really, because the sun in December and January wasn't great even in Greece, for the solar power. And also, you know, hot showers were quite nice.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's nothing like a hot shower, is there, after a few days off?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, Greece was brilliant, and there was just showers everywhere on all the beaches, but they were cold.
0: So what was the temperature like at night? Was it okay?
1: Yeah, absolutely fine. So Albania, it did drop down quite cold at night, but we... Well, you said you've got a diesel heater, which is what we had yeah. as well. And I actually I tend to not to... I quite like being cold at night. Not, I mean, not cold, but I like it being cold outside the duvet. But, like, even when we were up in the mountains in Slovenia, which must have got down to, like, minus 20 or something like that, it didn't feel cold because it was so dry. So you just sort of, like, you got in all your stuff and it was fine.
0: Wow. So I mean,
1: we were only sleeping with like a duvet and then a woolen blanket and I had like pyjamas on.
0: What was the highlight of your, of that trip? Was there like a, a favourite place for you?
1: I think it was probably Albania, just because I haven't really travelled anywhere that's been that culturally different. I mean, I've, I've been to Asia, but that's all very, um, it, it's very much on the tourist trail. Whereas Albania, where we went, um, we actually came into the country near a place called Permet, down this little road that wasn't tarmacked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it just just felt like a completely different world and it was fascinating. The food there was lovely um, and we were able to eat out quite a lot because our money went quite a bit further. And just the the history and the culture was just I just found it fascinating.
0: Yeah, like I, I'm really getting quite fascinated about the Balkans because I always assumed it was kind of dangerous and scary, and I don't really know why. And I keep speaking to people that have like worked there or like like travelled through there, and are telling me that like it's amazing. Yeah.
1: I mean, everyone that we met seemed really friendly. I mean, obviously, the, it goes without saying that the scenery was just beautiful. Like, everywhere we went, I think because you're sticking to rural areas, being in the van, um, was just stunning. Uh, apart from the north coast of Albania, that was just disappointing. It was. It was just a lot of coastal resorts. So, like, it could have literally been anywhere in the world. Big, long, flat beaches, big hotel complexes, that sort of thing.
0: Oh, no. You had plans, didn't you, to... Obviously, the pandemic kind of stopped you in your tracks, but um, you were planning on going to Europe for the winter.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the plan was for me to go by myself to sort of, Spain, Portugal.
0: And did you have, like, a route planned out? Not
1: really. Well, sorry, I started getting one, and then with the pandemic and things started tightening up a bit, and it was mostly going to be a climbing trip. Oh, I was going to base it around sort of traveling to the climbing spots. So I initially wanted to go to the de Europa for some walking and then either go into Portugal or travel down to uh, El Turo, which is sort of the southern tip. Is it um, Andalusia? Yes, yeah, Andalusia yeah. in Spain. But obviously the restrictions in Spain just kept getting tighter and tighter, so I just started not having a plan and then just seeing where I could go. And then just bit by bit, it just sort of all fell apart. And I was like, oh, should I even really go now? Um, and then I didn't. So, yeah.
0: And have you ever been to Spain or Portugal before?
1: Um, I've been to both, yeah, but just on flying holidays. So, yeah, it's, it's going to, well, it is going to be when I eventually go. Um, the first time I will have driven in Europe. so I'm a little bit nervous about that yeah it should be fine
0: (laughs) oh yeah i was really nervous as well like i was nearly crying like when i got off the ferry um in france and it was incredible how quickly you just get used to it apart from roundabouts i still don't really understand
1: yeah it's one of those things where i'm just like it's made me so nervous but it's just yeah i'm just like you have just gotta bite the bullet so it's yeah it's nice to hear that it it becomes second nature (laughs)
0: So, are you um, a little bit of a nervous driver, would you say, or...
1: Yeah, I have been. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've stuck with the small van. One, I tell myself because um it's more economical with the fuel. <laughs> but two, also, I just... It would stress me out so much driving a big van.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I I was exactly the same. It, I had um, a little Suzuki carry before I got my bigger van, and when I went up to the bigger van the first drive home I was so scared like the steering wheel just felt massive and I was driving like 15 miles an hour just being like oh my god oh my god I just need to get home just need to get home but um I gotta say it really doesn't take that long until suddenly it you kind of adjust to the size and it just feels like you drive in a car it's really strange before the pandemic, did you ever do any like meetups with other people in vans from online or whatever?
1: Well, I mean technically one of the guys I was dating was a meetup from online because it was a meetup from Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> but like so they so the last two guys I dated who were in vans, they were both outdoor instructors. So there's a lot of people within the outdoor instructor industry that live in their vans. I've met quite a few people through them. Who either sort of run the vans full time or sort of part time, moving between jobs, and they've got a sort of permanent base to go back to, which is quite nice. So I've got a chance to like nosy in front inside of a lot of homemade, very cheaply done vans.
0: Oh, lovely! And is there like quite a nice community in the outdoor pursuits world?
1: I think so. Yeah, I mean the ones that I've met. I'm not. It was always a bit weird though because I wasn't part of that industry. But I just meet people. So actually, like where I'm staying now, I'm actually staying with a load of outdoor instructors. But it was just, it was quite nice because obviously, like we're seeing what happened with my job, and you'd sort of say to like people who live in houses, I live in your van, and they'd sort of like, okay, (laughs) look at you a little bit like you were crazy, whereas it's just quite normal. So, like everyone here, it was like, oh yeah, okay, so you're in your van, great.
0: Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, so it's more normalised. So you don't have to feel like HR need to get involved or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. One of the really interesting things I found when I moved into the van um, was the first thing people started asking me was, how do you feel safe? Which was really weird for me because it hadn't crossed my mind at all that I wouldn't be safe. So it just sort of really threw me. And it was a bit annoying, actually, because then it sort of made me start second-guessing. Should I, Should I feel unsafe here so that was yeah that was one of the really weird things when I first moved in
0: oh that's amazing so you you just felt really safe like immediately in that space
1: yeah I think because I started thinking about it when like people were just like do you know like how do you feel safe and I'm like what what do you mean <laughs> um so I think it was just because I was always really clear that in all the vans I've had I've been able to climb into the front and the back so it was just like well if anything happens I'm in like this metal box and I can just leave.
0: And also like, if you have a van, you've kind of got like a massive weapon as well. (laughs) You can like run them over. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm not condoning that, obviously. but.
1: No, but you know, if if needs first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was so anxious and nervous and stuff when I started. And um, I really don't feel like that anymore. Like I just feel really safe now in my van and it, it yeah it's lovely
1: yeah it's it's nice and people can get over that I think as well like there is a terrible thing about like society telling women that or making us feel like we shouldn't be safe like that we yeah. want to be protected and stuff which yeah but I'll, I'll get on my soapbox about that so I'll not go any further.
0: oh no please feel free <laughs> but yeah it's like what are you doing going outside it's not safe for you There's gonna be some people listening to this that are thinking, wow, that is so incredible. Like you lived full time in like a pretty small van without a diesel heater, you know, um, in, in a really simple way. For those people that are listening, thinking like, wow, I'd really love to to try that. Would, do you have okay. any advice for those people that are thinking of maybe getting into van life?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, it, if if you're a bit worried about it, do it for a weekend. Um, go on a campsite. It sounds really boring, but... from like living in the Lake District I get really sick of like going for a walk and there'll just be lots of toilet roll in places Um, and there are obviously ways to do it without having a toilet on board and to do it responsibly Um, so just like have a look at that that's one of my really big bugbears and I've just gone all preachy
0: (laughs) yeah it's really important and like that's really sad that people are just dumping toilet roll in like such a beautiful place That's, that's not nice at all
1: yeah, I think a lot of it just comes because we don't talk about it. We are quite, you know, the British, we do tend to be quite prudish. <laughs> so we don't want to talk about, you know, what happens if you need to go when you're out and about. Um, and I think this year has been particularly bad because obviously all the local councils close the limits and things like that. So
0: so if people want to follow you, um, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, if... If anyone's interested in following me, I am on Instagram. I've only just started it this year. That was the joys of lockdown.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: but it is Doblo Dory.
0: As in, just um, keep swimming, Dory.
1: Yes, I had a Nemo. Then I moved up to a slightly bigger blue van.
0: So okay. I it should be Dory. <laughs> cool. So it's Doblo Dory on Instagram. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for coming on. It's been really lovely to talk to you.
1: Oh, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you,
0: Claire. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Nikki. Bye. Bye. So, there you go. That was the interview with Nikki. And now it's time for this episode's bonus feature Awkward Public Interviews. Hope you enjoy it. I am here in a car park in my hometown and my plan was to come here and record a bonus feature going up to van lifers or people in the wild and talking to them because that's something that freaks me out like talking to people when I've got this microphone. Now I'm here I don't want to do it. (laughs) Let me explain to you how little I've thought this out. So I am wearing the most disgusting clothes that you can even imagine I'm wearing bottoms that I bought for £2.50 from Poundland dirty grey trainers I've got like a big blue t-shirt on I just look like an absolute mess and I don't look like a professional journalistic kind of person I just look like a crazy person with the microphone so it's also really windy outside so I've put like a big grey sock over the microphone (laughs) So I really do look like someone that needs immediate help. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to go out there and uh, stalk people and uh, see how it goes right then. Oh, I look like such a tramp. Shit. I'm going to go. I'm going to do it because I'm desperate (laughs) for content. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here we go. At this stage in the game, I'm wondering if it's better to just walk around with the microphone until uh someone comes up to me and talks to me. The sock on the microphone is not a great look to be honest. I'm struggling. I'm I'm actually struggling, but let's keep going. There seems to be a missing ball situation. <laughs> Yesterday. Yeah, we come back, yeah. So what's your name? I'm Ben. Ben, I'm yeah. Kat. Nice to meet I'm you. Kat, all right. And you've got two lovely... Yeah, so what are your names? Rosie. I'm Rosie. Rosie, nice to meet you. And
3: what's your name? I'm called Edward.
0: Edward? Yeah. Oh, lovely. And so what happened yesterday? Um,
2: we were playing with a ball and um, it got lost somewhere over here.
0: Oh, dear. It
2: must right, yeah. be up there
0: it Must be there somewhere.
2: I will go get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice to chat to you. you. Well, good luck.
2: To Thank you. Yourself, yeah, anyway. <laughs> all right. Bye. Take care. Bye. bye. Say bye, bye. 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 Lady with a microphone with a yes. hat on. Yes, hi.
0: <laughs> I hope you don't mind. I just thought I'd come and say hello because that's my challenge today to come out and uh, t- talk to some strangers. Oh, that's
2: nice. <laughs> well, hello. nothing stranger about me. <laughs> you're very That's not what I heard. <laughs> so what are you doing today? Just having a walk today. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. 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 yeah, Enjoying the nice sunny weather. Yeah. <laughs> are you from Plymouth? Or? Yeah. yeah, living in Plymouth. Plymouth originally Plymouth. from Cornwall myself.
0: Oh, yeah. the other I'm, side of the I'm river. A Scott.
2: Yeah. I'm a Scot. Are you? Yeah. Oh. yeah, I've been here for a long,
3: long time with the Navy.
0: Oh' well, you're okay. talking
3: about those things there. I don't know if you know what they are. See the things that are jotting out of the water?
0: Yeah. You
3: know what they are?
0: No, I thought they were just rocks.
3: No, they're groins, yeah. and they were put there, I think, at the beginning, either the first or second World War, and they were second just second World War. Second World War. Was it? She, yeah. she, she always corrects teacher. so you always corrects. Ah,
0: uh, that's good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, they they were to stop submarines and things coming in, and you can only see them at low tide.
2: Apparently,
0: there's a submarine coming through today. All oh, right. So. Well, yeah. A nuclear, a one, then? I guess so. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. So you might see a submarine. It probably is a
3: nuclear, but it oh, yeah. could be a conventional.
0: They're one. great, aren't they? I look They look so dramatic yeah, when they, they come do. come through. Yeah. They're my favourite, I think. And there's there's <laughs> yeah. only
3: about a third of them above the water. The other two thirds are below the water. Is
0: it two thirds? Wow. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, and of course, there is a nuclear submarine in the dockyard here. That if you phone up, you can't actually view it, but wow. it's it's only on certain times and certain days and of course all the nuclear stuff's been taken out and there's no missiles in there anymore. No. Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> you are a teacher? I was yeah, yeah. I'm retired now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a head teacher. Head teacher wow that's a big responsibility isn't it? Yeah I feel sorry for the teachers at the moment because I think their job is extremely hard at the moment. Oh teaching gosh, at home yeah. and you know, teaching through The um, sort of the screens and using Teams or Zoom or whatever, Mm -hmm. and teaching children in the classroom. Not easy for them at the moment. No.
0: And did you um, did you work in was it Plymouth or Cornwall? I did.
2: I started my career in Plymouth, but I finished up as a head of a primary school in uh, in Cornwall. Yeah, so I'm glad in a way that I'm not in school dealing with it at the moment. (laughs) But I loved my job. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was brilliant. I saw a lot of children go through a lot
0: of children. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Hmm. Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you speaking right. to you this crazy to person.
2: <laughs> meet lots of different people.
0: Yeah, thank you. Royal William Yard is a really lovely place to come if you ever come to Plymouth. Uh, I would highly recommend Royal William Yard and Mount Edgecombe. You can get the ferry over. It's really nice. There's some people drinking coffee and they're looking at me. So I might take this opportunity to say hello hello goodbye how are you oh <laughs> i'm just walking around talking to strangers and i was wondering yeah, yeah. if i could say hello you want, to you
3: you oh, won't find, find anyone stranger than us oh really
0: <laughs> what are you doing today
3: what do you think we're doing
0: oh i would a say say, enjoying the the beautiful sunshine
3: yes exactly <laughs> it's well worth it too. It's time. Yeah. yeah oh isn't it we're lucky we found someone open to be honest we did get a cup of coffee. But there is someone around the corner. Yeah. They sell nice chocolate cake as well.
0: Oh, do you know what? I I can't remember the last time I had a proper lovely cake, you know, like from a got bakery. The there, only
3: about £7.50 oh. for a cake.
0: <laughs> Hello, how are it's you? It's
3: no good talking to me. I'm 90% deaf. Oh. And I haven't got my hearing <laughs> agents. Hello? So you'd have to come really close and shout.
0: Oh, yeah. And
3: I don't suppose you want to do
0: that. No. Oh, no problem no problem thanks anyway oh, all right enjoy no <laughs> bye not gonna be on television anymore. <laughs> that's me done i can go back now and say that i've accomplished my mission thanks for listening to vff's Fan life podcast if you want to write to me it's vffs podcast at gmail.com see you in a couple of weeks